Welcome to Fit Story TV, the only platform that is focused on storytelling for fitness experts. Our mission with this podcast is to empower you to harness your vulnerability and lead with your story. If this is your first time listening, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out when we drop more fire. Are you ready to record a podcast? Ready. Let's do it. Matthew Burbridge is back in the motherfucking house. And today I'm here to deliver another episode of Fit Story TV. And it is the podcast that says a little F you to the generic marketing BS out there and a little hello to the real as fuck stories that actually create change in the world. Now, things have been a little bit quiet over here this past week, week and a half, two weeks. I've had several people reach out and ask where I've been at, what have I been doing, because I really haven't been showing up on social media. Now, someone with an online business or that has an online presence, um, I want to say kudos to those people that did reach out and checking in on your friends, because <laughs> this, this is good. Kudos to you. But really, I've just been working on some stuff that's behind the scenes. Um, I've been working on the new website. You guys want to check that out. It's going to be your fit story dot com at the moment it's a holdings page with an email collection thing so if you want to go there and put your email address and you'll stay up to date but besides that i've also been doing a lot of reflection and this is really important this is super important and if you're not practicing the art of reflection and meditation or in fact just really spending time with yourself be that in thought or as thoughtless as you can be then you're missing the trick because life isn't all go, 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 go. Although it can be, you don't have to ride that wave. You can really step back. And when you do, I believe that's where all the real growth happens. It's not on social media. It's not on in posting. It's not on doing all that stuff. It's actually when you're spending time with yourself, reflecting on your week, um, you know, meditating, grounding yourself, being grateful, doing all that stuff is really where the true growth, I believe, happens. And that's what I've been doing a lot of. So appreciate you guys for checking in. But I'm back. Fit Story TV is back. I know it's been a couple of weeks since the last episode. Um, but I wanted just to say now I know that my guest today, Darren Bruce, it also would agree with me when I say that meditation is important. It's like a, a real important piece of the puzzle when it comes to personal growth, but also business development and business growth, right? Because our business, and you hear me say this all the time, it can only grow to the capacity that we are. So if we, if we put a lid on, that, on, on our growth by not doing things that expand our consciousness and that things that don't expand uh, you know, our gratitude and all of the other things, then really there's going to be a lid and a ceiling on the business too. Now, Darren, I know, because I checked out your website, great site, by the way, brother. Um, there's a quote and I pulled it up. I wanted to read this. It says, when you master your inner world, you master your outer world. And I fucking love that, man. So brother, without giving away the whole story, uh, welcome to Fit Story TV. Tell the people just a little bit about who you are, my friend, and what you do. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate um, appreciate you allowing me to be a guest. Um, a little bit about who I am and and what I do. Um, well, you know, who I am is you know. I think we're all so many different identities. Um, that kind of ties in with what I do. <laughs> I think um, I, uh, 
I am much more than who I could say I am. <laughs> um, you know, I can say I'm a peak performance coach. I work with people on their, on their mindset, um, which could be, you know, the results of varied people have gone, gone from re-divorced to, to reconnected back with their, their kids and, and each other or, um, you know, growing businesses or people getting the best sleep they have in years, all these different kinds of results. But that's, you know, I think um, part of my journey of growth is realising that even just saying that I've got to be aware that that isn't where like I'm trying to prove something by talking about who I am. So uh, essentially what I do is um, continue to become more of my authentic self, which goes beyond, you know, the who and more so the what, um, which for me is just like I'm, I'm the energy that's coming through. Um, that's just sharing this message right now so much more than, you know, these constructed identities, identities and I don't want to go too deep with that. Um, but basically it's about like discovering myself and, you know, then I'm, I'm able to, to um, work with the people I do by just, yeah, fully being within integrity of uh, what I want to help them get the results with that I'm actually living that. Um, and I think for me, comes back to what do I do is I help people um, truly heal from their uh, deeply ingrained addiction to stress. Uh, and it sounds so simple, but I even look back on my, my life and um, your typical high achiever of a, a kid playing sport, getting trophies, you know, ribbons up on the, in my bedroom trophies. My mum sent me photos of all my trophies in the garage and asked me if she could throw them out the other week. And um, I'll, I'll mostly work with high achievers because it's, I've been on that journey and realised that mm. we can become very driven by uh, the achievement. And so when we're not experiencing that, well, I realised that I was carrying a lot of shame um, after you know, I had huge business success in my first business, I, I grew that and moved location free and had the laptop lifestyle, so to speak, and I became miserable um, because I wasn't getting any attention anymore from the business, which so meant it wasn't about me. It was about, it wasn't about, it wasn't supposed to be about me, but um, because I wasn't getting attention anymore, uh, I realized that my entire identity and who I was, quote unquote, was actually, um, well, I believed I was my career. I believed I was my achievements and hadn't really discovered anything more than myself. And that led me on a whole new journey after being successful in business and then mm. closing that and starting again when I was like, yeah, just felt like this empty shell to, to realizing that, um, you know, it's so much more than... Um, scaling the business or, or getting the money it's about actually discovering yourself and, and what what is originally you and what do you want to bring to this world and sure you know you can have the success all the way but um yeah i i, I feel like i help people find themselves because that's yeah. what i've been doing myself um i think yeah we're a world full of people who think we know ourselves and we're barely scratching the surface yeah. 
most people don't mate i i really love it because, and i love the way you put that as well because to me that is by and large why i do fit story you know why fit story exists is because you know most of the time for most people we go on these journeys we we we, we live out this story and then it reaches this point where you know for some of us and i know you just mentioned yourself where it reached this point where you were like whoa fuck I, I need to step back or you hit some rock or some resistance mm. or there was some something that happened like a catalyst for you um that led you down another path to to actually reflect on your story and then try and help others that are going down the same path that mm. to me is the power of what i do and it sounds very much like why you are where you are and why you are who you are in this moment, because you're not going to stay that person. As you say, the identity is always evolving and shifting, but it's because you don't really want other people to potentially go down the same path that you were going and end up in the same situation because you understand what that feels like and you understand the pain that it causes or, you know, the, 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 the place where you come to. So I think that that's really beautiful and it's so important. Now I know that you do, cause you, you kind of give us a few little, you, you dip, you, you drip, you dripped in a little bit there about your story. Yeah. And unlike most of the people that do come on the show, um, you're not actually in the fitness business space. And this is important to mention, having said that though, you are, and fitness, it does seem from the surface of, as I've kind of researched what you do, fitness movement mindset sport it does and has played a huge role in your journey and you know has yeah. in a way created who you are so i want to kind of go back brother and yeah. i know that we haven't got a lot of time today so you know this is going to be maybe there'd be a part two <laughs> maybe there'd be a part two to this episode but if we could go all the way back and i always say this we fling the doors open on the delorean we hit that button and we go back where does it start for you? What does life look like? Who was around you when you were kind of in your first, when you could first kind of conceptualize the world and then kind of tell us uh, how that led to you find or, or the journey of how, how you came to where you are now. And we'll kind of unpack some of that. Yeah. So, well, like I said, you know, my whole concept when I started to conceptualize things, as you said, like as a kid, like most of the things I remember, if I look back to the fun things I did as a kid, it was moving my body. Um, there wasn't, there weren't many things that I can remember that didn't involve that, whether it was, you know, climbing, riding my bike or, you know, the classical stories my family's tell, are like I rode my little tricycle down to the supermarket and stole a banana and came home and my mum didn't even know I left. And like, that's dangerous because I was like one and a half years old, you know, or I, I climbed the fence and she had to put a spider on the um the carport gate the gate so i wouldn't get out once again it was just climbing everything um and so, you know just everything was about moving my body and having fun like that was how i i got social with people aside from that like i didn't really feel like i fit in um it didn't really feel like oh, i was yeah i just didn't really feel like i got invited to the parties or, or i knew how to socialize without um physical activity so it was all about that and also um i took six months longer to read as a kid so you know that was this perception definitely a perception from me that i i was i was i wasn't smart um that i wasn't that i was i was dumb or something or different in that way um i'd kind of take to heart when someone might like imply that i was slow 
mentally or something like that. Or, um, so, yeah, everything was driven by that. You know, my sense of significance was what, what am I achieving physically? Um, and so then uh, I had so many jobs, like 20, 25 jobs, but I became a personal trainer out of college the same time I still had a dream to play professional sport and I was pursuing that. Um, and that's why I went to, where did that, where did that come from? Do you think it was you influenced by somebody around you that in terms of the the fitness, the sport, that sort of thing, usually it is, Uh, isn't it? It's, it's either we find it ourselves like I did or, or rather I said the universe handed it to me or we find it through, you know, we kind of live through vicariously through someone else who is doing that. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, uh, I read a quote that, that helps me understand my upbringing so much more. Um, I'll never forget it. It's one of my favorite quotes. The greatest burden a child has to bear is the unlived life of its parents. Um, so I'm always wary of uh, how I am with my two-year-old daughter now. I know you've got kids. I think back about, you know, what my dad's, history was before I was born and what my mum's was and my dad was yeah he, you know he played golf he had the the hole-in-one trophy up in the lounge room that he got on a some random Sunday afternoon having drinks with friends and but he also played you know um, rugby league which is the sport that I, I played the most of out of out of all the sports and he, he played a game against Great Britain um, with the local team and he was quite good would say and so you know i think the influence was always there um yeah and my, my dad was my hero you know um so and that was when i was getting cheated on the most coming back to the significance like it's through no fault of our own i think just unconsciously like when as as parents or even as humans and we see someone else doing something that we have dreamed of doing or, or or I've never quite done, then it's so exciting to see because we're seeing that version of ourselves that is capable of doing that, um, doing it. So, you know, yeah, I think it's definitely strong influence of, of the family. Um, and yeah, had a, had a great upbringing aside from that. Um, and yeah, so it became a personal trainer at the age of 17, did very poorly at that um barely uh passed the certificate did the <laughs> like got the competency um you did better, did better than me brother i ended up leaving <laughs> after level two i did most of level yeah. three and then i left before the exams because I, I wasn't down with how they were teaching people and what they were teaching <laughs> i was just yeah. like i'm yeah i was like fuck this i'm gone so i actually still have to foot that i still had to foot that bill as well because it was uh yeah. <laughs> so i ended up not even passing but i still had to pay for the fucking course <laughs> yeah well so this yeah that was, I was i'll sort of fast forward and tell this story a bit quickly in bite bite sizes but basically like i said my childhood is quite good However, you know, the families I'd hang out with, like the kids I hang out with in the street and like growing up, they had like rough, um, like there was yelling and there was physical hitting between like mom and sister and daughter and brother and all that sort of stuff. And I saw that stuff. I think a big part of that um, sort of led me down the path of, 
yeah, I wanted to become a personal trainer, but I, I think there was a part there that was always trying to like rescue people because I, I was always, I was comparing my home environment to others mm. um, and seeing that and thinking like, okay, well, I've, I'm really good to my body. Then this is a way that I can, I can help somewhat, some people, someone be healthier yeah. and potentially. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I think that was the beginning of the journey going from thinking, um, well, from, from going, okay, can I, help, I can help with them with their body. And then just from all of the training I've done, what I've learned, the results goes realizing that all physiology is symptomology of the mind. Um, learning how to like discover that connection and hear for the patterns um, is, is something that I've very practiced in um, of how the mind and body, you know, not only the mind is unconsciously sending physical messages but 60% of communication is body language if I can there's there are many stories we are, are telling just based off of our how we're standing how we're sitting how you know when we scratch our face all these sorts of things and then going even deeper and and, and you know discovering emotional intelligence and and how these you know people can waste years months so so long and and about this problem and it all comes back to just you know this this feeling that they they don't even know how to describe and they can't they don't know how to resolve um so yeah there's a lot of depth of where how things have evolved for me but basically yeah i was a personal trainer at the age of 17 i did that for a few years and i was pursuing that professional sporting dream um i went overseas i went to the uk um for six months and and then i came back and i moved to Brisbane, Queensland, um, and yeah, was was playing in the grade just below the top national team, and that was my dream to play. And then I just had a couple injuries, and I didn't I never fulfilled that dream. And I thought, you know what, I you know I look to do something else. And I met a new mentor who was a physical tra- training instructor in the military, and I was you know really obsessed with leadership. Um, for, for as long as I can remember. And so this role was fantastic. It was like, I'm going to be a personal trainer, but I'm also going to be able to um, learn all these leadership skills. There's so many different roles that you do as, a, as an instructor in the military doing this. So um, yeah, that led me down that path. And I did that for four years. I uh, did my, my initial four-year enlistment and I, I was the second fastest to be promoted into that position, into a uh, junior um, high rank, uh, first leadership, uh, junior leadership position of ranking. So kind of jumped a rank in the military. Um, and that was fantastic. You know, the, the things that I learned and, and then from there, that was when I started the business. That was when I opened the gym. So I did open a gym. It was, it was, you know, my company's called AMB strategies, which means strategies to empower your mind and body. And so there was always a holistic approach to, what we were doing. Um, it wasn't just physical, it was mental. And, um, you know, I spent about a year in the military, you know, working on the vision of that business and the impact that I could have because I just kind of felt trapped. And this is all about freedom, come back to freedom. Um, and so that's where the, the business really, really came to fruition. And that was a massive success. Um, and that happen- within two did that happen quickly? The success? It did, and um, 
yeah, it's a greatest strength and greatest weakness kind of story. Um, yeah, you know, within a week, I, I remember when you leave the military, they get you have to go to all these meetings um, because it's part of their, you know, protocol to make sure that you're going to be okay. And I remember going to the transitions meeting and they offer you to be a reservist, which means you can still do a day or two a week and you get a certain amount of money. And, and they also give you lists of places to apply for jobs. And I walked in and sat down and he said, I'll give you the list of the jobs and do you want to go reservist? And I said, oh, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm going to be okay. And it was, it was really awkward. The guy didn't usually have meetings like this because I didn't know I'd been spent a year working on starting this business for the first time and had, I'd already invested like $10,000 in mentors and all, all this sorts yeah. of stuff. And yeah. I mean, still, still a couple months out, I didn't have a location, but it's just one of those things. It's really solidified a faith for me in, in having a compelling vision and doing whatever it takes to move towards it. Um, and, and actually shaping the great quote, Tony Zai says, um, say envision, um, the universe or, or envision, what you want to happen basically and the universe will form it around you. He's the yeah. founder, yeah. founder of, um, you know who he is? Yeah, I, I agree massively on that end of the spectrum anyway. Yeah. That's that's very much, um, you know, it's a big message in, in how I talk to my clients is getting them to understand yeah. that, it, you know, and I don't want to, uh, you know, rip off, you know, Earl Nightingale or any anyone like that that has the same, uh, you know, thoughts around it. But it, it's so true, you know, before we can hold it in our hands, we've got to see it and almost envision it happening already for us. Uh, and then it is in that way that the universe is working on behalf of us. And in, in the same way that the universe works on behalf of us to create problems as well, you know. So um, if you constantly find yourself in a loop of negativity or you constantly got problems that just keep arising, it's probably because you're thinking about those problems. There's an element of how much of your mind is, or how much of your day is spent thinking about problems or negativity or whatever it is. And that's why it's manifesting in your life because I'm a genuine believer that the universe works on behalf of us. That's right. And I'm actually, I'm getting to the kind of, um, like the big part of this story, which was my, greatest fear and how sort of the world crumbled around me a bit um, because of stress while well, I was talking about people being addicted to stress yeah. um, for that reason. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the so then I walked out of that meeting and then a week before I, I finished my, uh, in the military, I had a, I had a business. We had 22 clients, hundred dollars a week averaging over two grand a week. So basically had a business averaging a hundred thousand dollars a year straight away, which was huge success for me. Someone who had no experience in business. Um, I'm fortunate to have these incredible entrepreneurial mentors and some of them helping me for free. Incredible. Um, yeah, but you know, we kicked off that way. And then um, I think it was ended up being over a hundred thousand dollars a year the first year. Um yeah, the, the second year in, um, you know, by that time I kind of met my dream woman. Well, yeah, if we we got engaged and then we, you know, we made a plan and said we want to move to the beach, and so we we basically envisioned our life like we were just talking about. We were envisioning yep. everything, yep. 
And I said, okay, well, I'm going to scale the business. And so the same date that I started it, two years onwards, I'm going to scale, we're going to drive up, we're going to drive 15 hours north to our new home and my um, my employees, my staff's going to take over uh, gym. I'm going to work remotely and look at opening the next one and keep building the vision. I started consulting a bit. Uh, and um, so we did that. And then once we were up there for a little while, I got a call. My staff wanted to move on and my lease was running out and a week I decided that I wanted to sign a new lease and we're traveling back down there. And uh, we didn't know anyone in the location at the time when we moved, we were living in paradise. But like I said, you know, I was waking up and twiddling my thumbs, like saying, why, why do I feel so empty inside? Like yeah. I've money in the bank and all this sorts of stuff. Um, and I remember when I got that call, like, with my staff saying they wanted to move on and have to rehire. Uh, I remember looking at my wife saying, or my fiance saying, I'll have, I'm going to have to go back and sort this out. And she started crying because um, we knew no one. Um, she just had the dog and, and, and she, she was working full time, more than 40 hours and had just opened a yoga studio because she loved that. And we were just putting that together. So she's going to have no one to help her doing that whilst working full time. Um, she was just exhausted. So I always felt myself being pulled in two different directions. Um, anyway, long story short, like what I realized I was doing was my, my addiction to stress was how I created that experience because, and this is what we do unconsciously, is the most familiar feeling that we have is the one that we can count on. And for many of us, our most familiar feeling is not feeling of calm, relaxed, peace. So my most familiar feeling was the rush that I got from the achievements, smashing my body into other people, playing high contact physical sport, um, jumping out of planes, skydiving, um, you know, hiking, like all these different things that give me this huge adrenaline rush. I wasn't getting that. And so I created this experience where I was having to rush around again and, and, you know, decide whether I was going to have to close or start my business and stress out about that or maybe have to rehire someone that I, I, I unconsciously remained unprepared for that experience so that I could have that thrill again. Yeah. yeah. And that's that repeating thrill that is most familiar. And, um, I realize that now. And so when you say, what do I do? Well, I help people become addicted to be being calm, actually not having to struggle because every single thing that we do, we are practicing every single moment by moment we are practicing. So if we're procrastinating, we're practicing, if we're struggling, we're practicing struggling. And so very few of us are practicing, relaxing, being calm. It sounds like such a simple thing, but I am, Rehabilit. I won't even say that I'm like fully rehabilitated because I still will catch myself like having conversations in my head again and again and again about things that haven't happened yet. And that's that addiction to mm -hmm. stress. Yeah. And, you know, that can be about business. That can be about my relationship. That can be about anything. Um, that can be about, you know, social engagement with others, which is why I think that introverts are sort of developed um, and have a harder time becoming 
extroverts because we even look at the actual state that we're in when we're when we're most relaxed is called the social engagement state. So we actually want to engage with people. We're not thinking about what are people going to think of me. And that's when we have actually switched that um, high stress trigger on. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been reconditioning my whole mind and body and emotions to actually be able to like create the experience I want without the, yep. without the struggle yep. because yeah, there's a, there's a form of significance behind that. We get that, you know, we get to connect with people through talking about our struggles and mm. there are real victims out in the world, but there are also many, many people who live in a prison between their ears that think they're a victim yeah. and it's they're so true. a victim and of choices. We do. Yeah. We, we're constantly manifesting. Like I've said this before, we're, we're always manifesting something. Um, so, you know, if you look around your life now and you look around, you look in your bank and you look at the relationships you have, you look at the success you have, it, that is a manifestation of where you're currently, what you're thinking is currently at. Uh, and of course, your actions that you're taking, etc. But mainly it starts with the thought. And, you know, there is a lot of people, I have to agree, myself included, that almost codependent in struggle because it's what we know it's, you know it's all i've ever known in my life i look back at my life and i look back at my upbringing and how much how difficult that was and and all of that stuff and you know not to play a victim because i've definitely broken through that identity but you know that that it made it normal to struggle so therefore when you know this is why i believe most people when they begin to become successful why they will fabricate something to fuck it all up that's right yeah, we. I mean, every problem we have is essentially codependence um, because it's our safe. You know, we revert back to the child version of ourselves. It's it's our safest, um, most simplest form of connection. You look at a child or your own child or mine crying um, because they they know that instantly if they cry that they will get attention, they'll get connection, they'll get touched. Um, and we know through the 30 year study that the people who were hugged more had completely less anxiety, more successful careers as a direct correlation to, to that, 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 that simple um, act within us of being in a, a distressed state is we're going to feel the safest. And so it's about that constant, constant process. And one of the reasons why I love, coaching people working with them on their relationships is because you marry your unconscious mind and you come together to literally marry it <laughs> you know to to integrate your unconscious mind into your conscious mind and that is how you become who you, your authentic self mm -hmm. um and so you know every single i think if you think of a, a, a set of steps that you're walking up like every everything that you're able to resolve um, with that person you're in a relationship with is just another form of dependence that you've, you've learned how to resolve that for yourself and you're taking a, a step up yeah. to become a more, you know, deeply fulfilled individual. And then the result of that is, like I said, master in a world, you're out of world. Yeah, that's, that's what you see in front of you in your relationship is, yeah. um, you know, you're, you're a more effective team you're able to care uh better for who or whatever you you take care of um and that's ultimate right it's it's that's leadership for me you know i teach how, how do we model excellence how do we replicate that 
um, and just continue to excel so we can live in a more evolved world where people aren't stuck in those addicted states of stress or that, you know, they're so, and it's not really even their fault. They're not even aware that it's, it's happening, that they just have had these childhoods like you were talking about before that um, they, they're in their thinking mind. And um, I like what, uh, I can't remember the name of him, but highly recommended child psychology writes a book called the whole brain child. And gives a great visual model of how most of us, um, you know, when, when we feel something, we get stressed as a kid, when we learn how to manage that, you've got the downstairs part of your brain and the upstairs and downstairs is the emotional part of the brain and upstairs is the rational brain. And most parents thinking that they're, you know, they're taking care of their kid. They'll run in and say, you're okay. You're okay. What they're doing is training the kid to say to themselves, I'm okay. And they'll block what they're feeling. So they can't actually move upwards to the rational part of the brain. So they'll actually stay stuck and just loop. Um, that's that thinking so it just we just get really really good at blocking off what we're feeling and then it just bubbles up um and and explodes <laughs> so um that's what i'm working on you know mastering that so that i can help other people master that and that's how you know there's a great term of the that the greeks would use for the, the ultimate warrior the state that he would be in and that was ataraxia and ataraxia means calm, you know, so we can be around this sort of stress and we can still remain in that calm state. And that's, that's such brilliant leadership to, to be around that sort of stress. When you can be around that and you can remain calm, then you, you are such an important critical figure in that moment when people feel feel and think and see nothing but a storm um, that they just see you holding strong within that storm. That can change someone's world. Your presence can, can instantly and automatically liberate people from their fears. Your presence, if, if you are really being the example, being the change um, that they need to see in that moment. And too many of us think that, you know, I've got to, I've got to do something for someone um, in order to help, that's the best thing I could do, but you can't. It's who, it's who you're truly being. It's who you have become. And they'll observe you and they'll watch you. You watch someone go down the street, and you're, you're influenced by them, by what they're wearing, how they carry themselves, what they say, the words they say, and they're not even trying with all that. And that's the greatest impact we have on people. But mm. many people don't work on who they're being. They work on what they're doing because a lot of people have hang-ups on uh, caring about people and understanding yeah. the concept of true caring and 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 they they're most likely the way they're trying to care for people is actually the way in which they're supposed to be caring for themselves. For themselves. They never have. bro. It's just such powerful stuff. This is such powerful stuff. This is the shit. This is the shit that people need to hear. Um, there's because I was uh, you know I, I I myself have been there. You've been there. We've all been there. We, we've all everybody's been there. But if, and you've heard this so much. You've heard, it's almost out you know so almost over said in in the industry in the coaching industry but before you can look after someone else you have to look after yourself and it, it's that's because it's fucking true like if you know i see there's a lot of people that uh, i see this in relationships a lot and this came to me through via, via lesson of uh, actually experiencing it 
but was um you know lot many people they get into a relationship um uh, and they think if i'm in this relationship then you know this means that i can fix someone else or whatever or i'm or they work together to fix a problem or whatever it is but most of the time mm -hmm. if the problem is with you and then you go into a relationship the problem is still going to be there it's not going to fix because you found someone or something external that you've plugged into what you to where you're at and all of a sudden you fix the problem if the problem is within you then it's within you and no matter where you go who you have around you what you do the problem is still going to exist and if the problem still exists it's going to manifest it's going to continue to manifest in a certain way and it may manifest differently sometimes it might be if we can relate this to somebody building a fitness business it, it might be that you've got a lead generation problem but the problem might not be in lead generation the problem mm. might be something else right yeah might be so leading themselves absolutely so why is that why are the leads not coming well it might be because i'm not a strong enough leader maybe yeah. because my message isn't powerful enough maybe because i'm not showing and embodying the success that i want my clients to achieve maybe it's something like that but you're right people don't look at that do they we're not taught to look at that we're taught to always find something external to fix the problem mm, that's right yeah we, we, there's not too many of us that have taught this and you know i went on a very big journey to find some some brilliant uh experts on mindset to teach me all these things so it's 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 pretty rare um but it's it's worth it the journey is worth it for yeah. sure and i just want to say as well you know what you what we were just touching on you know people um usually wanting to fix other people as a reflection of themselves like I know that when I was a kid, I know the reason I became a personal trainer was because everyone I wanted to fix was just an example of how I wanted to finally help let my mum, I get my mum to let me help her stop doing the seventh or eighth diet that she was on, right? Um, and my dad was always in pain from being out on the work site, slaving his ass off as a carpenter and freezing cold weather, which Canberra, the capital of Australia, where I grew up is like the UK in winter. It's like hectic, cold winds, icy cold winds. Wow. And we'd be out of concrete slabs as a kid. I'd be playing my Nintendo Game Boy, but he'd be working away and he'd be so miserable and angry. And he had so many injuries all the time. And I'm telling you that story because it really became a trainer I didn't know this at the time, but that's just me trying to fix them. I couldn't fix them. So at least, you know, I spent my whole life trying to fix um, people like them. But really, I had so many injuries. I had injuries all over my body. And those were actually emotions that were broken, that were un unresolved within me. And that was my unpreparedness again, my addiction to the, the stress. So like when I play sport, I wouldn't stretch, I wouldn't go and do this activity that would actually have me prepared as a high performing athlete because of all the, the, the wounds, so to speak, that I hadn't, um, that I had band-aids over. Um, mm. And, you know, that's just a natural journey. You talk to, talk to most people have sort of come out the other end and realized that also the same thing, you know, we just, we're living out projections for many, many years of what, what we want to do for ourselves because um, we don't realize that our whole life is a hologram for our, our heart and um, mm. 
you know how how much expansion we have uh, created is it, is it really open have we been able to get beyond ourselves to truly contribute without expecting anything in return um and that's the journey to becoming your authentic self i believe yeah. to be able to truly truly want to do something without expecting anything in return but still yeah. obviously caring about i believe there's three things you've got to care about yourself humanity and money because <laughs> money is not mm -hmm. optional um, if yep. you want to do great things in the world and take care of your family and I want to do those things. So, yeah, yeah. So that's just a natural journey. If anyone's listening, cause I know that it's fitness um, specifically that you, you are trying to save a version of yourself out there probably as a trainer and that's okay. Um, and now the journey is to, to start, um, you know, giving, giving yourself what you were trying to give to other people and the better yeah. you do that, you're going to be able to just like I was saying, like lead by example, you just talk about who you are, what you're doing. And as far as business goes, you know, people, if they can see that you have the result that they, they want, yeah. like it's yeah. so easy um, when you're the living, walking, breathing version of what you're um, doing. Have you seen knees over toes guy on Instagram? Have you checked him no, out? No, no. Hey, he's brilliant. Like some of the, the, uh, the training methodologies that he's, uh, designed like he had he had two knee surgeries and um he's got fully flexed knee back he's doubled his vertical leap since the surgery and he's got two thousand testimonials from nfl nba players and he is the walking living breathing example he will he'll like jump off a five six foot high ladder and land on the ground jump back up after knee surgery and incredible power flexibility wow. all sorts of things and it, 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 you see just his business just explodes because he just has to get up in the morning and be him because <laughs> yeah. he's that living example. So I yeah. love that. And, and I, I think this is what ties in really with what you said earlier on, before we wrap this up, I want to go back there and I want to unpack it for a minute, which was yeah. you, you were talking about um, how, you know, we're, we're always like discovering out of self. So we're always discovering something else and we're always discovering a new strategy, for example, again, to keep it on point for people building a fitness business or whatever it is, um, a new partnership. We're always looking outside. We're always looking outside of ourselves to discover stuff um, that can get us closer to where we want to be. But really what's important is to discover ourselves and who we are. And like, I found that the biggest resistance I get from clients, because we go into a couple of areas of branding and stuff, is when we start to go into, you know, um, take their story out for a moment, because all of the answers are in your story. If you don't already know that, I've just given it to you. All the answers are in your story. But when we start talking about the vision, the core values, maybe the mission, the uh, core belief, people people don't know where to, where, what they're doing unless they've gone into their story they don't know what they don't know what they are and i'm mm. like so if you don't know your vision if you don't know your mission if you don't know your core belief how in the fuck are you supposed to indoctrinate people under that vision mission or belief and they're like yeah but i don't know and and they really struggle to do these worksheets unless they're being coached through it and that's just the point like most people fucking even go one step further to personality tests you know how much people struggle with a personality test? They're like, oh, I don't know what one to press because I don't really know myself. I ain't got a clue who I really am, which is crazy, right? Yeah, that's right. What's yeah. been your experience with that? With what exactly? 
So you've obviously coached clients and things, and uh, I guess yes. because you've got a different methodology, but in terms of people knowing themselves and knowing what their vision is and knowing what their mission is without you aiding them, most people that come to you, do they know what that is already? Or is that part of what they're going through the process no, for? Right. No, like very driven people who have a vision are very rare. They're like the 1% of people. I mean, I have, I have a client now who's very, very, very high achieved. She asks me questions every day and she's got a $20,000 raise in her job. She's working remotely and um, she's doing fantastically well. She's incredible results in so many areas. Um, uh, but yeah, she still didn't have a vision. Um, yeah, I mean, if... There, there are some things that hold us back from having a vision. There's, uh, there can be, I mean, first you've got to think about that stress trigger. I'll come back to that. But, uh, that stress trigger connects all the way from in between our eyes down to our throat, to our heart, to our gut, to our genitals, our reproductive system. So if there's any, anything that someone wants to hide in those areas, um, including something that they saw that they didn't want to see, um, then that's what they, whenever there's a problem, there's pain involved for someone, right? So when it comes to having a vision for something, if, if they think back to experience they had with something that, and most people have had like awkward sexual experiences, so that stress trigger is connected down to there, the gut, the heart, you, there just has to be a few things that someone saw they didn't want to see and, and your ability to imagine or even just your willingness to imagine is going to be potentially like, you know, very challenging. People don't want to go and face that pain because they keep picturing the other things. Um, and that's why you've got to resolve these emotions. And I call it practical imagination, you know, as a skill, right? It's a fear in itself is something that we're imagining that hasn't happened yet. And that's an untrained imagination as far as I'm concerned. So you've got to actually train yourself uh, to imagine um, so that you can see that vision more clearly, you know. And I think one of the things that I do with my clients that I do like most nights I'll do it after this is um, uh, I, <laughs> I, I just write out a little snippet of what my life is like five years from now as though I am the future version of what I'm right. Um, of that version. <laughs> so say if I'm writing out 2025, um, you know, my wife and I are, uh, you know, sitting on the balcony of our oceanfront home, which is up the road. I know the house that we have, <laughs> but um, that I'm actually writing as if oh, this is what happened. So I might be writing it from 2026, like a year, a year ahead. And, and, and that's a skill. You get better and better at that. And you look at it and the leading psychologists like Jordan Peterson, the number one program that he teaches is um, uh, self, self-authorization. You're literally doing this. It's good. You can call it future self journaling or time piercing. Essentially, you are tapping into something brand new that hasn't happened yet that you never even fathomed. It's like, I don't know if you experienced this when you were having kids and you started having those thoughts. Did you notice the thoughts for the first time ever where, holy shit, I'm going to have a kid and... I'm going to have a conversation with them or they're going to walk or they're going to talk or they're going to eat this or they're going to take a shit or, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, just, you, you, I noticed so many times that I had thoughts for the first time I ever had when I was becoming yeah. a dad, 
Yeah. Um, just as an example. And that's, we can do that every single day um, if we practice that. So I think that's one of the most powerful exercises. If anyone could take anything away from today, I'd be doing that because when you're focusing on that, you don't have to focus on all that past shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. That will actually help begin to resolve that to, to a degree, I believe. But yeah. I mean, there's some things. Because I've always work. said um, there's no creation in in the past there's only creation in the future in the vision so you know if you do spend a lot of time in the past and i did for many years that's what caused me to become addicted to drugs and to have the problems that i had was because i couldn't see a future for myself because honest at that point never thought that i deserved a future i thought i was just the boy whose brother murdered someone i was just a piece of shit it just wasn't just it wasn't important so therefore everything i did uh, all of the situations i found myself in all the drugs that i did you know all, all of the stuff that i done there was no creation involved in anything um you know but when i when i let go of a lot of that stuff and again through years and years of personal development and mentors and you know <laughs> a lot of self-discovery I, I began i begun to be able to actually see forward and look forward and then i was able to kind of craft a vision for myself of where i wanted to be and what family i wanted to have around me and what house i wanted to live in and what money i wanted to have and all this other stuff i was able to create but you can't create a vision when you're living in the past and, and i think that's just so fucking important people like you say if they take something from this it's go back listen to the last four or five minutes of you talking there because you gave away some really valuable stuff um you know, I'm not sure exactly how you said it, and I'm going to go back and listen again. But you mentioned something a few minutes ago that I am definitely going to go back and listen to for myself. Um, so I appreciate you coming today, brother, and sharing some of this knowledge and this these insights. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's fun what you said. Um, yeah, we we're just reimagining the past. You look at it that way. I always tell my clients, and, and so we actually can reimagine it again differently. Um, I mean, I know there's a you know, there's a great way of looking at it. Thinking, um, I really like uh, the um, the statement: if it happened perfectly, because that's the way it happened. And it, you, you can argue with reality, but you're going to be wrong 100 of the time. <laughs> so why would you <laughs> like based on what happened? But I will also say that you know, you can reimagine those experiences. I, there are things that, you know, very traumatic for me as a kid um, that I have reimagined and I've gone from, you know, really just telling a sad story about them and all this stuff and like letting it hold me back or feeling lack of confidence to like the way I reimagine it happening. is like I laugh when I tell the story. Yeah. Um, I had people stand over me and try to steal, it's like steal things from me and I reimagined yeah. it saying saying no and not letting them do that and you know finally standing up for myself and like reimagining that literally changes my experience oh 100 um, brother i couldn't yeah. agree more and when i mentioned i dropped in uh and maybe we'll get a chance to catch up and, and really dive into a bit of my story and i'm sure we're going to continue yeah. this connection yeah, I yeah. but I, I mentioned uh being the boy whose brother murdered someone and for many years that was something that held me back that label that identity it, it i looked mm -hmm. at it as just this, this this insignificant person because why should i be able to have a good life when my brother took someone else's you know and mm -hmm. I, that's how i saw it 
But then as the years have gone on, I've been able to reimagine that. And actually, I wrote a post about this about a year ago. And I said, I'm proud to be the boy whose brother murdered somebody. Because if I didn't and I hadn't gone through those experiences, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have gone through those shifts and I, I just simply wouldn't be the man I am. So therefore, I look at that now and a proud link, not that I'm proud that he did it, but I'm proud that I acted, I, I was I was involved in those experiences and had to live and and went through that experience and live that life now. So you're so right in what you say. You can just reimagine it. You can reimagine and rewrite the story, essentially. Yeah, that's right. I think one of the things that I think is really powerful that I it reminds me of what you say is like what you what you can't appreciate runs your life essentially because you're just stuck looping on that mm. whether it's one experience in the past or yeah something like that and i think um it's something i always teach my clients is that all the highest intention of all actions is a seeking of unconditional love and if, if you look for that positive intent enough uh, the, there has never been any thing that i've observed in society from any behavior or anyone with my clients or any you know fucked up stuff that's happened with their family that's you know holding them back from the success they want there's always that seeking of unconditional love from any sort of messed up action that someone took. They just, they're just repeating the behavior of someone else that did a similar thing to them. And they're just letting the fear drive them. So if you, if you look, you can find what they were seeking the whole time that actually had that positive intent, that unconditional love they were seeking and realize that it's just a repeating behavior and you have the opportunity to break the cycle. And that's how you can, you know, go beyond that, that story and create a new one um, that breaks that cycle. You know, good stuff goes back five generations, all these sorts of things that yeah. that we experience, um, you know, whether it is like violence, like what you said, and you know, I can't imagine what that was like with your brother, but that stuff goes back and just, um, you know, it builds uh, if we don't, uh, we got to, we got to kill that part of ourselves in order to give birth to a new part of ourselves that, that breaks that kind of behavior um, and makes us a greater leader, leading ourselves, um, becoming our authentic selves and, and does the thing that I believe we naturally want to do as humans, which is, you know, be, be better and, and create community um, for, for all of us to, to have more, more well-being and, you know, any, any kind of form of wealth that we want, whether that be health or wealth, energy or time or money, yeah. Yeah, brother, fucking love this man. It's been an epic conversation, my friend. Um, I definitely do want to do this part. Two. I do want to do a part two because I feel like we, on a time limit, we kind of scratched the surface of your story. And you know, me, I'm just, I'm a story. I want to get right into the story. So, um, let's make sure that we do this again. But brother, if people want to come and connect with you and they want to see a little bit more about what you do, where can they find you? And I did plug your website earlier, and of course, I'll link them in the show notes. But where can people come chat with you? Yeah, um, Instagram on uh, Darren J. Bruce um, and Facebook, Darren Bruce uh, might be um, the best place to find me. I'm probably blogging there daily or um, talking about it. Well, hoping that I'm sharing something useful daily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if, it's, if we can, if we can base that off of the conversation we just had in this last hour, my friend, I can 100% say there's a, there's a lot of value there. People can come and get. So you heard what man said, go connect with Darren brother. It's been a pleasure. Fit story fam. We out.